If you have been baptized, you fully have the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead living within you. And that spirit empowers us to do all kinds of things we previously couldn't do. In fact, we see this even in Peter's very speech. When he opened his mouth previously to speak, he often said the wrong thing and it didn't go well. But Jesus, he said, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you will be given the words to speak when the time comes. He said, the Holy Spirit will give you what you need to say in the moment to say the right thing. Have you ever been there where you said something and afterwards, like, that was kind of profound. Where did that come from? You had no idea in advance you could be so wise? Hi, this is Chris from The Point, a church where you can come as you are and you can text in your questions. You may not be sure what you believe about God, Jesus, faith, or the Bible, and that's okay because faith is not about having it all figured out and God is not waiting for you to put your life together before he'll connect with you. If you'd like to find out more about The Point, you can visit our website at thepointknox.com or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at The Point Knox. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We pray this message has an impact in your life or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are. Well, good morning. It is so good to be back with you again. I missed you last week when I was away for a wedding, but I'm glad to be here today. I'm glad you're in good hands with with Adam. I know he took care of you last week. Some of you don't know, uh, my name is Adam. Glad you're here. Uh, Yes, we have two Adams that are uh, pastor and soon-to-be eventual pastor, so that's not confusing at all, all right? But what you may not know about me if you're new or you haven't spent much time with me is my choice in movies is sometimes questionable. Um, I like a lot of really dumb movies, movies that for all practical purposes should not be enjoyable. And and there's one in particular, uh, Dumb and Dumber, Anybody familiar with that? I feel like on many levels I can relate to it. And there's one scene in particular that I really love. You see, it's about these two friends who are traveling across country in search of this love that he thinks he's going to find. And they're traveling across in this van that looks like a dog because he owned this uh, dog washing company where he'd take care of dogs and groom them. And they're down on their luck and they're struggling. And so the one decides to sell the dog van and buy this little moped. And the other comes to him and they're having this conversation about his decision and he says this, just when I think you can't go and do anything dumber, you do this and totally redeem yourself. Today, as we dive into the book of Acts, we see a man who time and time again seems to do all the wrong things, and for once, he seems to get it right. He finally seems to redeem himself. Yes, if you've listened to me before, I'm talking about Peter. You see, if you read through the Gospels, Peter, this disciple of Jesus, one of his inner three closest circle, this guy who Jesus even said, upon this rock I will build my church. This Peter often opened his mouth and inserted his foot, saying the wrong things, expecting the wrong things, totally missing it. 
And yet last week, we talked about Pentecost and the Holy Spirit coming upon the disciples. In fact, Adam even pointed out how the Galileans were considered culturally backwards people, people who weren't all put together and quite ordinary. This Peter now has a chance to speak. You see, if you remember what happened at Pentecost, the Spirit comes like a mighty wind, like tongues of fire, and all the people begin to speak in foreign languages. In fact, the very languages that the crowd could understand. And some were astonished, how is it they speak in my language? And others found themselves instead saying, they must just be drunk. They're filled with new wine because we know when you drink too much, you babble too much, and sometimes it's incoherent. That must be what it is. So Peter gets up to try to speak on behalf of the group. Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 14. If you're following along in the Bible, uh, I forgot to put up what page number it is. Aaron, do you have that? Aaron forgot too, so figure it out, okay? Uh, Acts chapter 2, it's the sixth book of the New Testament. Uh, If you get it and you pull it up in one of these blue Bibles, just holler it out so others can join. All right, the page number. I forgot to look that up. 1134. He's quick on the draw. Well done, Aaron. Uh, Page 1134 or your own Bible. Acts chapter 2, verse 14. So verse 13, others were mocking, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. That is 9 a.m. He says, we're not drunk, it's breakfast time. Hold on a moment, let me tell you what's happening here. And then Peter does the smartest thing he could do. He shuts up. And by that I mean not that he stops talking, but the words he speaks next are not his words, but God's. See, Peter, he goes back to scripture and he says, but this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Peter's presented with this problem. God's power has come upon them and they're speaking in foreign languages and some people see what they're saying is just because they're drunk, not anything of value. So how does Peter respond? Not with his own words, he goes back to scripture. He says this this is what God has said would happen. In those days, I will pour out my spirit upon them. Now if you're familiar with Joel in the Old Testament, Joel is not all that happy of a book in all honesty. In fact, in the the book of Joel, the people of Israel are really blowing it. Time and time again, they just keep not turning back to God, and God warns them about coming judgment, about the hardships and the pain and the suffering that will happen. 
But then there's this promise at the end of that judgment, he will pour out his spirit. After these things, he will renew his people and he will restore them to something even better than they had before. So Peter, to explain what is happening with the power of the Holy Spirit upon them, quotes scripture and says, you know that promise that after the judgment comes in the day of the Lord, then God will pour out his spirit and things will be better than they were before? That's what you're witnessing right now before you. And then Peter has a brief section where he begins to explain this a little bit. He says, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with many mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Peter says, look, you guys know why this is happening. This Jesus whom you crucified, he broke the chains of death. He rose from the dead and that's why this is happening because all that he has said will be is coming to be and will always be. Don't you know this? And then Peter again goes back to scripture. And now this time, he quotes David in a psalm. He says, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. He quotes this scripture and then he begins to explain clearly this wasn't talking about David because David died and stayed dead, just like every other person. You will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. And yet David's body decayed and his bones are probably buried somewhere still available to be found. It says, brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the, the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. Again, he quotes from scripture, for David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Wow. Of all the things Peter could have said, in the very town where they crucified him just 53 days prior, 
in the very place where they were there chanting for him to die, where they witnessed his resurrection, where he came back and appeared to over 500 people. In that place, Peter says, don't you know what has happened? This very Jesus now sits at the right hand of God where he will make his enemies footstool. Don't you know this one whom you crucified is no longer dead? Now imagine if you were there hearing these words. Perhaps you would hear these words and be angry. In fact, today some people hear these words and are angry. This Jesus whom you crucified. Some people hear these words and say, well, this is just anti-Semitism. They're blaming the Jews for the things that happened. No, it's just a fact of history. This Jesus whom you crucified. He is alive and he sits enthroned as king of the universe. So now what? What do we do with this reality? See, the, the truth is for you and me, certainly for me, maybe you're better than me. If I were crucified at your hands and somehow rose from the dead and sat enthroned as the king of all the universe, I think I'd remember who crucified me. I think I'd remember the taunts you shouted and the way you spat and the, the beatings you gave and there would be a measure in me, probably a big measure, it said now you're going to get what's coming to you and I can't wait. This Jesus whom you crucified sits enthroned forever and the response of the people is incredible. Here's what happens. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? I hear that sense of desperation. We screwed up. What should we do? We are maybe hopeless if this is true, that we crucified him and now he sits enthroned. What should we do? Peter gives them this incredibly good news. He says this, and Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This Jesus whom you crucified now sits enthroned as king of all the universe. What shall you do? Repent and be baptized. Now, this one verse actually causes a lot of confusion today because how you read this verse changes what you do as a church pretty significantly. Let me explain. If you ever grew up in a Baptist church, as I myself did, perhaps you've been there when, you know, there's a really good sermon and then they talk about how sinful you are and now's the opportunity, repent and decide to follow Jesus and then you can come and get baptized. And when you get baptized, you have this really big celebration. Now you're finally following Jesus. And if you're anything like me and you get baptized in that setting, what happens just moments or days or Weeks later, when life gets hard, that old, sinful, broken self comes right back. 
but I decided to follow Jesus, so I'm going to follow Jesus, and yet sometimes I, I didn't, and sometimes I didn't want to, and sometimes even though I wanted to, I didn't know how to, and so baptism didn't really seem to change things. And so if you're Baptist and you read this verse, the emphasis falls on the action in the beginning. Repent and be baptized. But there's more to the verse here. It says, every one of you, all of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins. See, now we, as Lutherans, read this differently. Instead of emphasizing the action at the beginning, repent, which means to turn away from, be baptized, or to be immersed and washed, instead of emphasizing that action, our emphasis comes on for the forgiveness of sins. How are you forgiven? Entirely as a free gift by God. You can't earn forgiveness you can't turn away from your sins enough to be forgiven because no matter how much you turn back to God, you will always again return to your sin like a dog to its vomit, Scripture says, because that's our nature. And so if baptism is for the forgiveness of sins, it's not a decision and a choice where after that moment you better get it all right but it's actually God working in you and giving you a good promise. You are forgiven. And every time you struggle to repent, you can go, come back to the baptism. Because I'm baptized, I'm gonna turn away from these things. Because I'm forgiven, I'm gonna live differently. And Peter, he says, look, when you do this, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes there's this idea in the church, both in Baptist denominations and Lutheran denominations and a whole host of denominations, there's this idea that certain holy people are given more of the Holy Spirit than others. And maybe you and your faith just aren't mature enough yet to see the Holy Spirit work in you. That's not how I believe God works. If you have been baptized you fully have the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead living within you. And that spirit empowers us to do all kinds of things we previously couldn't do. In fact, we see this even in Peter's very speech. When he opened his mouth previously to speak, he often said the wrong thing and it didn't go well. But Jesus, he said, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you will be given the words to speak when the time comes. He said, the Holy Spirit will give you what you need to say in the moment to say the right thing. Have you ever been there where you said something and afterwards, like, that was kind of profound. Where did that come from? You had no idea in advance you could be so wise. Peter, a man habitually known for saying the wrong thing, speaks this promise, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. This good gift being given to you and you will receive the Holy Spirit for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Another way this verse can sometimes 
create distinctions among us. Some, emphasizing the need to repent, say, well, children can't repent, so they can't yet get baptized. And I'll tell you what, my two-year-old, well, not quite, he turns two tomorrow, so I'll give him a little bit of slack, okay? My almost two-year-old doesn't know how to repent very well. What he does know how to do really well is go into his sister's room to wake her up by finding whatever toy he can fit in his hand and throwing it at her face. He did that this morning. What he does know how to do really well is to bite you really, really hard and when you try to discipline him, to laugh at you. What he does know to do really well when he doesn't want to go to bed or when he wakes up super early and wants the whole world to know is to come to his door and push the pillows that we have on the outside of the door away and we just have him there for some sound barrier and he begins to scream the word hey and like the longest drawn out hey that he can possibly have breath for and he'll just scream it over and over and over again and if that doesn't work he'll begin to scream dad in the same fashion over and over and over again And if that doesn't work, he'll just start hitting the door and yelling whatever he can. See, he doesn't know how to repent, but he certainly knows how to sin, how to be selfish, how to do the wrong thing. And so some read this promise of forgiveness as only for those who can turn from their sin. But we believe this promise of forgiveness is for all who are sinful, for everyone who is far off, for you and your children and all of us. And so that's why we in our church are willing to baptize adults because you're sinful and children because they're sinful and babies because Lord knows my son needs a lot of grace because sometimes, oh, let me tell you, sometimes he's not getting it from me. And with many other words, He bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Peter, given this promise of the Holy Spirit, this power of God, begins to speak the word of God with such power and truth and conviction, something absolutely incredible and terrifying happens next. So those who received his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Adam last week mentioned that he loves you guys but the idea of 120 of you in his house sounds terrible. I have to say, I'd be terrified if 3,000 people today said I want to be baptized, now what? First off, do you know how long that's gonna take? And second off, then what? You see, for us, we believe that baptism is only the beginning. It's being joined with his death so that we can walk in the newness of life. And so when we've been baptized, whether it was as a baby or as a child and you can remember it or as an adult, or maybe you're not yet baptized and it's still a thing that should happen soon. When we're baptized, this journey with the Holy Spirit only begins. And from that point forward, there's so much more in store for us that we haven't yet even considered. 
As we'll see in Acts going forward, there are times when that power of the Holy Spirit does incredibly miraculous things. And there are times where it does seemingly ordinary things, like Peter for once saying the right thing, like you and I having the boldness and the courage to speak the truth and love to a friend who doesn't want to hear it, to share hope and encouragement with a neighbor who's far from God. Sometimes the work of the Holy Spirit is really miraculous like a mountaintop high. And other times, it's just the everyday ordinary. But either way, we have this promise. No matter how prone we are to wander or far we are from God, He has forgiven us. So we cling to our baptism, we hold fast to this promise, and in turn, we live each day new. God, I'm not today who I was yesterday. Help me tomorrow to not be who I am today. Amen. As we continue our worship today, we're going to collect an offering. And as we collect an offering, we collect an offering in this place because we believe every part of our life is to be lived in submission to this God who forgives us. And so if you came prepared to give today and you would like to give, or if you filled out one of those connect cards so we can connect with you and pray with you and encourage you, you can give that physical offering in the popcorn buckets in the back corners as you leave. Uh, You can place the connect card there too, and I would love to reach out and say, how are you doing? I'm praying for you. If you prefer to give electronically, you can do so at thepointknox.com by clicking the little button in the bottom corner. However you give and whatever you give, know this. We don't give to get God's love because we already have it. I remember when I first got here, the very, like, two weeks or so after I got here, we did Brewfest. And it used to be that Brewfest and Wingfest were on the same day. And one was in the amphitheater of the World's Fair Park, and the other one was like the other big grassy field of World's Fair Park. And so I remember cooking wings on the grill and just like dripping in sweat and then running over and changing passes to represent the point at Brewfest and then running back to cook wings. It was exhausting and it was so fun. Um, If you've never done either before, uh, come on out. I promise it's a really great opportunity. There's no pressure to like share your faith in some profound way like Peter. When you're there, you just simply be Jesus in a very friendly way by talking to people Uh, having conversations with them, and if the opportunity arises, maybe God will give you something to encourage them with, all right? That's kind of our only goal. Now, Emily, I forgot to mention this before the service, but Melissa pointed out this morning that when she went to sign up, it said that the registration was full. It's fixed. She mentioned it for you. Excellent. So if you tried to sign up and it said registration was full, that was a glitch and an error on our part. So sign up again. We'd love to have you join us this Saturday. It'll be great. So your first few days you said wings and beer. You said, I think I'm going to like it here. Yeah. I was pretty quickly like, this is the church for me. Yeah. Yeah. One question. Okay. One announcement. All right. The announcement is, despite being short-staffed, Kind Berry is here. Smoothies, I think. So do what we should do anyway and just... Be kind, be patient with them, so. They would very much appreciate you being kind. (laughs) I appreciate the laughs and the groans. That's exactly what happens at home. My kids laugh and my wife groans. Yeah. Uh, Just one question, it's a great question. It says, how do we keep our heads up and not be overwhelmed 
when so many bad things are happening now in the world and we are hyper aware of it through technology? Ooh. I think the first or the second part's where I'm going to start, that we're hyper aware of it. I don't believe more bad things happen today than before. Now, more of certain kinds of bad things, yes, but other bad things happen less often. Like, for example, it's less often that Christians are crucified for being Christians. That's a good thing, right? Um, but we are so aware of it in part because of our obsession with technology and the need to be in the know all the time. So how do we keep our heads, what was it, above water or afloat? What was the how do we keep our heads up? How do we keep our heads up? Well, first and foremost, I want to encourage you. Spend less time on social media and the news than you spend in the word. I promise you, if you flip-flop that and you spend the time in God's word, reading the promises he has for you, the things he's done, even the work he's still doing to restore and redeem this broken world, I promise it'll be a lot easier to absorb all of that hard stuff and say, we can do this. And second, I would say that in addition to spending less time with all that technology and more time with Jesus, I believe wholeheartedly that the reason he suffered and died was not just because I'm sinful, but because this whole world is broken and in need of restoration. And I believe wholeheartedly that his restoration isn't finished yet. It's still coming and there's still something better to come. And so like the very last book of, Re of the Bible, Revelation, it ends with this prayer, come quickly, Lord Jesus. So when we find ourselves overwhelmed and exhausted and worn out and beat down, we look to him and say, you have already conquered death and conquered the devil. Come quickly. And then we pull up his strength by the Holy Spirit. We live in that strength and we love those who are hurting like we never knew we could. And we'll get through this. I promise. The only other thing someone made a comment, we have tacos. I think there's a taco truck as well. Yes. Okay. Tacos and smoothies. And next month we're going to have some different trucks. I think some barbecue. Maybe that's two months from now. But if you don't know, on the second Sunday of every month, we have food trucks after church. We would love for you to stick around, get some food. We have tables in the courtyard with some umbrellas so you can eat in shade, maybe meet somebody you don't yet know. We have drinks in a cooler as well, um, non-alcoholic drinks that is. Don't get too excited. Brewfest is next week, not today, okay? Um, and we would love for you, even if you're not getting food, come grab a drink and just Talk to people. It's a great opportunity to get to know one another and support local businesses. Is that it? If we keep standing up here, more questions are going to come in. So this is actually an answer to the question that uh, you just answered. It was their take on it. It says, keep your eyes on God by walking through the muck. Yeah, absolutely. And that's it? That's it. Well, every week you can text in your questions any time of the week, and uh, I'll do my best to respond to them at the end of the service. As you go today, receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for listening to one of our Sunday morning messages. If this message has made an impact in your life, please let us know. Simply fill out the Contact Us page on thepointknox.com. And if you'd like to be a part of supporting The Point Ministry, simply go to thepointknox.com forward slash support. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. 
We pray this message has an impact in your life or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are. 